0: Welcome to Basscast Radio, bringing you the best in local and national news and bass fishing, as well as interviews with some of the best anglers from all over the US. With your host, Brian Carter and Bruce Callis.
1: be sitting pretty good high on a hill looking at a field downwind if I can make a nickel off a of turning in bass never worry about the price of gas I've been wheeling and dealing and sitting there reeling them in hunting fishing loving every day that's the prayer that a country boy prays thank God made me this way hunting and fishing and loving every day early in the morning late in the evening i'm getting red dirt rich and flitter of a pain hunting fishing and loving every day all
2: right guys it's that time of the week man Time for another great episode of Bass Cash Radio with my co-host Bruce Callis. What's going on, Bruce?
1: Nothing much, Brian. Just enjoying not having a uh,
2: heat wave. Yeah, it was actually pretty nice today. I think it got to the mid-80s right here in central Virginia. So, I mean, hey, we'll take that because me and Bruce tell you the last couple of shows, it's been like 90 degrees. That's too yeah, crazy. Heat index over 100. Yeah. We don't need that anymore. No, 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 no. We okay. need to
1: get into some fall fishing.
2: Yep, I was getting ready to say that, brother. I was actually checking out my hoodies today. I'm ready to start putting them things on. Oh,
1: I'm ready to... I'm not quite for the hoodie. I just want it a little cooler.
2: <laughs> yeah. It'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. So what's been going on in your world, Brother oh, Bruce? Oh, yeah. Not much. I took
1: my neighbor, uh, Tim, out fishing, uh, Saturday. Um, uh, took him over to a little pond here and turned him on to a little bank fishing. He goes out in the john boat all the time, but he really doesn't bank fish. So I took him over and let him do a little bank fishing and took him to the, one of those good ponds when the fish and uh he caught some really nice fish and we just had a good old
2: time laughing you guys if you follow if, if you follow the bass cast instagram account you guys saw the pictures uh that i posted of bruce and all his great looking fish from yesterday you can see Mr. Tim. Yep, yep.
1: I mean, well, I mean, it's not a huge pond, but it's not a real small. It's not like a little three-quarter acre or acre pond. It's a lot bigger than that. So, I mean, it's got its challenges. It's got grass in it. You have to hit the right spots. It's got stumps and laydowns in it. Now, I've seen it at Low Pool, so I've seen a lot of
2: those stumps. Oh, yeah. Matter we, of fact, I was standing beside one. Yeah, we hit the river Wednesday or Thursday. Me and my boy Jacob did a little river fishing, went down to Monarchin Park, caught a few, and uh, he caught a couple nice ones. I got some of it on video. I haven't done anything with the video yet, but I hope to have it up so you guys can see it. But. Man, we love doing some river fishing around here. All right, but what did you catch? I caught three fish sticks, <laughs> but I did catch three. I think we, we he caught seven. I hey. caught three. He's on the front of the boat. Um, um, a lot of a lot of the uh, fish come underneath docks. It was a ninety degree day, so a lot of them, uh, you know, camping out in the shade. Oh, heck yeah. So, if all it
1: is, just got out and had some fun, didn't you?
2: Yeah, finally. I can't say nothing. It's been, cr- you know, I- I'll tell people straight up this website keeps me hopping. There's no other way to say it. I mean, it's cut back a little bit now. <clears throat> but when the season really fires back up again, which is actually next week. Uh, we got a classic here so i'll be at smith Mountain Lake for two days for bass quest uh 2018 classic you know after that i got a hill city bass masters tournament after that we got a um the bass cast tournament trail that saturday on smith Mountain lake is it right there it's kind of all there together so but, yeah, so it it's, it's getting ready to fire back up. Oh, yeah, I got some more classics. It's the next month I'll be on the water every weekend somewhere. So it's about that time again, guys. That's a good thing, though.
1: Except for your fishing part.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I mean... We all like to get out and have
2: a little fun. That's true, that's true, that's true. That's for sure. All right, guys, tonight it's a busy show. Me and Bruce are going to get it rolling. You know, if you guys saw some of my pictures, um, some of you guys know the story. The Forestwood Cup is awesome. If you guys ever get a chance to go, it's an awesome event. They put on a great show. They do a great job. I had a rough event, and I was told a lot of other people had a rough event. Now, that is for me personally, my airplane, the air, the whole flying thing. It's the worst trip I've ever taken, and I've been on a plane many, many, many times. But it is what it is. We made it through it. We're back home. Um, this week, we had the opportunity to talk to the winner, Clint Davis. We had um, no stranger to the bass cast, uh, Brandon Cobb. And I I just threw this one out there. It actually worked out pretty good. Nick Ratliff, he was the gentleman, the college young man, who won his opportunity to fish the 2019 Bassmaster Classic. And he beat out a gentleman from Charlottesville, Virginia. So that's pretty sad he beat out a Virginia boy. But either way, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll get to see him there, too. Yes, and we will get to see him at the uh, Bassmaster Classic in 2019. I'm so excited already. I love it, I love it, I love it. And uh, we, are, we are ready, ready, ready to go. We ain't packed, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. Guys, uh, before we get it going, we always got to thank our sponsors. Without them, this thing would not be possible, like we always say. Lynchburg Arms and Indoor Shooting Range, right here in Central Virginia. Conrad Brothers Marine. They are the ho- tournament hosts of Bass Quest. Um, if you're looking to buy a brand new Nitro boat, please give them a call. Let them take care of you. They got pontoons, anything to do with the Nitro. Um, check out their website for used boats as well. And I don't think they have. A, they've got a few, but not a lot of inventory. People are. They're still buying them uh bass boat for oh yeah <clears throat> bassboat the number four sale.com Yes saw the pictures me and josh got to hang out which is great catching up with josh because josh is in florida and i'm here in central virginia so that was good stanton river outdoors guys hit the river rent want to rent a kayak want to rent a canoe stanton river has got you covered on that they've got paddles life jackets water boxes they got everything so check them out they can be reached at 434 608 2601. They're in Alta Vista, Virginia. Dick Sporting Goods. Hookfish Performance. You guys have all seen the jerseys that me and Bruce have. Franklin Outdoors, 540 483 5608. Check them out. They're at the Lake, uh, Smith Mount Lake, and then in Franklin County. And uh, that's our sponsors, man. So special thanks to them. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor the Basscast, we're looking. We're already starting on our twenty nineteen budget. What's a budget? I don't know what it is anymore. We just pray everybody pays us, and uh, we're, we can continue to the following year. Wow, I hate to say that, but it's been like at some years. So, but things are turning around, so we're happy about that. Oh, definitely. Um. Guys, we're going to play a commercial from uh, one of our sponsors. And then uh, we want to thank Dale Wilson for um, doing our Lake Reports. Uh, It's great to have Dale back. It's great to have him. He ain't back 100%, but you know what? He's back out there doing what he loves best, and that's the main thing. So special thanks to Dale Wilson for keeping us up to date. What's taking place on Smith Mountain Lakes? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and I said, hopefully Christy got everything hooked up so she's listening live
2: now. Awesome. Okay, good. Yeah, I uh, I apologize, guys. I had to restart. Um, I don't use this computer except for nothing but the show. And so I had the battery charging, so I went to plug everything in tonight. It just went to kapooey, so I had to shut it all off and restart it all, and that's the uh, loveliness of the internet. Me and Bruce have dealt with this issue for years. But if anybody wants to donate a couple thousand dollars, we can upgrade really, really fast, right, Bruce? That's right. I mean, we, we can, can get it all going good. Yeah, we can get it all going good because it would be another MacBook, about a grand, a board mixer board, about a couple four or five hundred dollars, professional microphone, four or five hundred dollars. Yeah. For a couple thousand, we can uh we can uh, turn it, take this thing to the major. I think we're doing great. I ain't worried about all that crap. We got all we need. We're doing yeah, it, so we're rocking. We still are doing good though. Yep. All right, guys. I don't know it's all about the, it's all about the listeners anyway. That's right, hundred percent right. All right, guys. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back with Captain Dale Wilson. All right, guys, we are back with Captain Dale Wilson. What's going on, brother Dale?
3: Hey, hey Brian. Uh, going good. It's been a hot week. I've fished several days in the mornings. So Caught fish good the first part of the week. Seems like the hotter got this. I can find them, but they, they not cooperate. Were earlier in the week. The water seems to be back up almost 85 degrees this morning before wow. we came in, and uh, you know, that that's hot for this time of the year usually. Things are getting shorter. We had some rain. cooled it up a couple of weeks.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's right back where it was before oh, last week, but the fish are still in the patterns. They're deep. Uh, I've got them anywhere from 20 to 80 foot. The stripers. Jigging and the back from 12 to 25 plus feet deep. And I've noticed that bait fish have been down some of the schools that maybe these new blueback herring that's in here. i marking some schools of bait down to 80 Uh That's more likely the blue herring, and that will probably change the way these fish uh, feed here in the next year But they did at Bugs Island, but probably the same thing. Here. Your summer technique for bass, uh, uh, big worms, Yep. football head jigs. I catch two panders or so. Oh, you see? Quite a few around deep dock ledges, only shake your head and a shot. But uh, not know what's going on on top of you. The water still too hot. Mm-hmm. Best day staying down. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we're going up and things to cool off
1: get back to it fall here before long
2: yeah I'm ready for these dog days of summer to be over with myself. so how are a yeah, lot of' people? It
4: got really
3: hot out there you know about mid morning oh. especially we have a couple of days of wind, no cloud, and it's just it's a tough time to fish in
2: in clear water. that's true. Definitely true. Well, anything else been going on good up here at Smith Mountain Lake, brother Dale? Oh,
3: you know, uh, yeah. Like I said, the trout fishing's been pretty good out there. I've been fishing one place for about an hour and a half. That's just about unheard of for oh, wow. in one area that, uh, you know, move cranky into this stayed there. We talked like a dozen out of ones. So we probably had uh, twice that many. start striking and they um, three or four times, and they wouldn't stay still. So, you know, they got them by the time you get a lure to them. We did catch a couple, but it was, it was tough with the conditions. Some rain coming up tonight, hopefully. And over the should make for a lot better fishing, especially the batch fishing. The people fishing that tournament, I think Conrad has their free yep. and tournament uh, Saturday and
2: Sunday. Yep, coming up next Saturday and Sunday, the Conrad Brothers Classic. So hopefully, like Dale said, it should be some good fishing weather. And we should see some good old bags coming in for this event, even though it is in the end of August. Dale, how can you yeah. be reached if anybody think, would like to get in contact with your brother?
3: I think there's a couple of tournaments. They're still catching, you know,
1: 40
3: pounds. Uh, I've got a website. It's a new website. It's uh, dalewilson.us. You can reach me on my cell phone at 40 4950 all right, Dale. Child fishing and few uh, folks out on the water.
2: All right, Dale. Thanks for coming on and talking with us, and look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, guys, man, we appreciate Dale as always coming on and talking to us. You know that the, if you guys haven't already checked out the Dale Wilson Lake Report, please make sure you go do so. He does one every month. Um, Chris Craft as well for Lake Anna sends us a lake report. We're always looking for more lake reports. We're covering more territory now than we ever have. The goal, guys, was to get about 20 lake reports. That hasn't happened because we haven't found anyone that's consistent and persistent. Me and Bruce are just talking about that. But, yes, we're looking for someone who does a monthly lake report, at least 10 out of the 12 months. So if you're interested in writing a lake report for the BassCast, please... Give us a shout and let us know. Well, guys, Nick Ratcliffe. amazing dude, amazing young gentleman. Take a listen to what he had to say about the biggest win of his entire life. All right, guys, we are back with Nick Ratcliffe. Nick just clicked his chance to fish the 2019 Bassmaster Classic. With a l- little last-minute heroics, what's going on, brother? How are you?
5: I'm good, sir. How about
2: yourself? I am doing great. It is awesome right here in central Virginia. It's 90 degrees and couldn't ask for anything any better. So, Nick, let's talk yeah, about this thing, good. man. Let, let's uh, introduce yourself to everyone and uh, give us a little bit of background about how you got started in bass fishing and uh, how you got to the point you are at today.
5: All right. So, um, my name is Nick Ratliff. I'm from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Um, I am fixing to start my senior year actually next week, next Wednesday awesome. at, uh, Campbellsville University. Um, as far as my background in fishing, I was kind of raised in a fishing family. My grandparents owned a Marine dealership growing up. Um, you know, my grandpa, my grandfather and my, my father took me fishing absolutely every chance they got. Um, I was in a bass boat when I was in diapers still. And, Honestly, you know, some people will have like their first fish catch and stuff like that. I really don't have that. I you know, I just know that I was always fishing. Uh we had a, a place at Kentucky Lake growing up and I used to, you know, beg to go down there every weekend. So, um you know, as far as tournament fishing goes, I got started uh around middle school. Uh a family friend was more into tournament fishing. My grandfather, you know, had had was done tournament fishing really. Right. And uh, my dad never really got into tournament fishing. We just bass fished together, you know, for fun on the weekends. And so a family friend named John Lance kind of is the one who got me into tournament fishing and started letting me fish a lot of local team tournaments and stuff like that. And then, of course, that evolved as high school fishing was growing. It's kind of while I was still in high school. So I started a high school team at Elizabethtown High School my sophomore year and did that as well as, you know, a lot of different team tournaments around Kentucky until I graduated high school.
2: Awesome. Alright, so beside let's let's go back. Beside this tournament right here that you won, give us uh another tournament that you kinda remember. You know, one that kinda I guess uh shaped you into the day. I mean, you know we always have that one big tournament we never will forget, cash that big check.
5: Um you know, there's there's a couple that stick out to me. Okay. Uh, the first one is probably, I think it was either 2012 or 2013. Um, in the fall around my house, you know, most of the big uh, team trails are during the spring. Yep. And in the fall is like the bigger money charity tournaments that are guaranteed like 2000 or $3,000 to win. And I believe I was like 15 or 16 at the time. And uh, me and John got into uh It was a charity tournament on Rough River Lake around the house. I think it was two or three grand to win, two, 2,500 actually. Um, and, you know, at that time, he kind of, it was his boat, but he would let me call all the shots, run the boat and everything. And so, you know, being 16 years old, fishing against 80, 90 of the best locals around, and we actually won that tournament. And that was kind of like my first big win. And,. You know, I think I was either a freshman or sophomore in high school, so that that was, you know, pretty awesome, and a lot of the, the people that I looked up to in the local fishing community, you know, them coming up and congratulating me and stuff like that was really cool. That's awesome. And then uh, my senior year of high school, we won the Bradley Roy High School Open on Harrington, and, uh, you know, that was cool. For one, we got to we got to meet Bradley and all that, and he kind of congratulated us on winning it, and we uh qualified for the bassmaster high school national championship uh my senior year so that one was pretty big too because it kind of you know it was my biggest win in terms of high school fishing stuff
2: right all right so let's get into this event man let's let's talk about this let's uh let's start it off at practice now it was just it was four of you guys four guys vying from one place uh let's let's talk about your practice man how'd it go
5: Oh, uh, well, we got one day of practice from okay. um, Safe Flight until 5.30. Uh, going into it, i had done as much research as I really think I could on the lake. Uh, I knew that 14, 15 pounds was a really, really big bag on the lake, you know, from what I could see. And uh, I knew that it was mainly going to be a smallmouth lake. You know, there was a few largemouth mixed in, but, you know, just going off tournament results and pictures I saw from tournaments online and stuff like that, that the 90 to 95 percent of what's weighed there is smallmouth. Okay. Um, so, you know, when we started practice-wise, I kind of, I ran around the lake. You know, I, I made a good lap, lap or so around the lake, the end that I thought would set up best for smallmouths at the damn end. And got a feel for things. I finally sat down and started fishing, and I pulled up on a shallow point, uh, and I started throwing like a 110-size whopper-flopper over top of some of the shallow rocks and stuff that I actually ended up fishing during the tournament. I had a couple blow-ups on it. Uh, But I really didn't think anything of it. And from there, I ran the bank for an hour or so that morning and didn't catch any. And I actually went out deep for the better part of the majority of the middle part of the day and struggled really, really bad. I caught uh, one keeper smallmouth, I think. And so towards the end of the afternoon or middle part of the afternoon, we had about three or four hours left. I uh, I actually pulled up on the bank that I eventually kind of was my main stretch or main area and the sun was out in practice, and I could actually see, like, a rock shelf coming off. It was a steep channel bank um, with a rock shelf on it. And I, I picked up a Wacky Rig Senko and threw it up there. And, like, my first cast, I caught one of the, if you're watching live, if anyone was watching live, I caught one of, like, the five or six inches that I was catching a lot of. Uh-huh. And then my I took it off the very next cast, I caught, like, a three-and-a-half-pounder. Oh, wow. So, you know, from there, I kind of, I knew a three-and-a-half-pounder was a pretty big fish for that lake. And so versus, you know, running down that stretch and seeing what I could catch or trying to shake bites off. I knew, you know, throwing that wacky ring, I really wasn't going to be able to shake them off if they did. So uh, I made the decision to pull the troll motor up and just kind of run around the lake and look for more areas that set up like it. And, uh, you know, I really didn't find much. I had that one stretch, and then I found two or three other places that kind of set up like it.
4: Uh-huh.
5: And, um, you know, about an hour and a half after that, a big storm rolled in about an hour before we had to end our practice, and I think all eight of us ended up coming in then, um, you know, not wanting to risk it with the storm and everything. So, you know, going into it, I, I really – I didn't know what I was – which I I tend to kind of – during my practice, I don't, I don't catch many, you know, get a general idea of what I think I can do. Right. I'd rather expand on it in the tournament than think that I'm really, really dialed in and then have to backtrack during the tournament. So – you know, I kind of had that one bait and a few others in mind that I may be able to fish. And, you know, I had the idea that they might be hanging around those shallow rocks. And, you know, I, I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to catch them deep. I spent by far confident enough in myself using electronics and, you know, fishing offshore. I, I was not going to catch them on any of the, the deep pumps or anything like that. For, so. All right. So going into the actual tournament, I ahead. started on the. Uh, I started on the main stretch that I kind of found. It was about a probably 500 yard stretch of bank, um, and it, like I said, it was a channel bank. I'd sit the boat in about 25 and cast up to like three to five foot, and there was a lot of big rocks, boulders mixed in, and then as well as a shelf where it would drop from like five to ten really fast. Okay. And I pretty much worked my bait out until it dropped off that shelf, and then once it fell off that shelf, I would you know I'd reel it in and cast again.
2: Still throwing the cinco. Yes,
5: uh, the, I started out the first down stretch, um, and, you know, I, I zipped through it and only only really through the Senko, and I think I caught uh, my limit uh, by the end of that stretch, and from there, I kind of just went fishing. Um, I actually, right after our halftime, I took off and found another area that I didn't look at in practice. It looked like it set up right, and I fished almost the entire way down that bank. And uh, I got to almost the very end of it, and I caught, like, a 110, which helped me at the time, and then I caught a 215. And so from there, I think I had 11 and a half And from my practice, I thought that was, you know, a pretty good bag. So I decided to try to go find a little something that was backup. And, and so I went up towards the dam and picked up what ended up being my backup bait, which was – uh three-and-a-half-inch dry creek smoke color tube um, rigged stupid style with a Secret Lures uh, stupid tube jig head. Uh-huh. And what I was doing with it was kind of, you know, I would let it fall on a real slack line and then, you know, just kind of bounce it and hop it off the rocks, that little bit deeper shelf that I couldn't get to with that weightless wacky rig, of course. Uh, but, and actually what ended up happening was the second day, the wind blew really, really hard onto my main stretch, and I think I only caught one off of it with the wacky rig. So, um, you know, I started a 316 tube head. So I could just, it was just heavy enough that I could feel that tube head. And I jumped up on the little bit shallower uh, drop where I was fishing the wacky rig the day before and caught enough on the tube the second day to advance me to the final round. I did end up catching a couple um, off the stretch that I found at the end of the first day with the wacky rig. I think I caught a, like a pair of 213s off of it. I went to it twice and caught a 213 both times. So, you know, that worked out well. But uh, going into the final day, I really, I didn't know how much I'd lean on my fish, and I I really didn't know what I could catch. Right. I kind of – I had a general idea that they were replenishing because I was catching a lot of my fish off the same – you know, it would be almost the exact same cast. And I kept telling my marshals and, you know, the – and my marshals and my camera guys that, you know, I think there's a reason that I'm getting bit in these same general places. And I knew if I could uh, get some sunlight that I could probably see some rocks or a little irregularity in that shell that uh you know i couldn't see before and you know hopefully be able to make a little bit more pinpoint casts versus just fishing down the bank especially with right. that wacky rig because i had to fish it really slow to let it fall off that shelf. Uh-huh. Um, so the final day i kind of saw in the forecast that i was going to get what i was hoping for and um uh, so i i made the decision to start on the same stretch that i started on the past two days because the first probably 250 yards of it, I hadn't really fished that hard. You know, the second 150 yards was a little bit more wind protected, so I, I fished it pretty hard the second day. Um, but that first stretch, I hadn't fished very hard. So I started there, and, uh, you know, the final morning was was awesome. You know, I, I, I caught a limit really, really fast. It wasn't the size I was looking for, but I think as soon as I got to the end of that stretch, when I had four, um, my fifth was like a 215. I turned around, you know, unhooked it, and fire my wacky rig back in there and as soon as it hit the water you know it took off again and i think i caught like a two two ten or something like that another heavy two pounder which was a you know a big fish this week yeah and you know from there we actually had that uh, storm delay so yep. our halftime break was an hour early well at that point i think i was like eight pounds ahead at the halftime reveal but you know i told my I told my marshal, my camera guy, idling out that, you know, I, I really respect Nolan as fisherman. He's an awesome fisherman, and I knew that I was going to have to, you know, catch 12 or 13 pounds to to hold him off. I knew he would make the right adjustments. And so, um, you know, of course, I had no clue what was going on, but I guess as soon as the halftime was over, we came back out. I culled once for like three ounces, and then I broke one off. And then I guess while that was going on, he was put on a clinic and caught, you know, what he ended up having 13.4 and I struggled for the better part of two hours and with about an hour left I knew I had just enough time to run that first 250 yards of my main stretch that I was still getting bit on that morning and uh, I came back to it and the sun was up real high and there was not a you know not a breath of wind and I could start seeing some of those rocks and shelves in some of the areas that I hadn't really been fishing all that hard on the. My- through the pea gravel well, I figured out that there was rock veins right. and shell and big rocks that was meeting to the edge of that pea gravel and that ended up being really really key for me um, you know there was actually I think the second the biggest that I caught in my last little flurry there in the last 30 minutes I was actually past to the rock that I ca- that I pitched at, and I turned around and kind of fired back to my left and uh, you no know, I I didn't quite see it come up and eat it but uh, you know he ate it almost as soon as it hit the water That's awesome. From there, it it was just an awesome, awesome little flurry. I I knew that it could happen. And, you know, of course, after the fact, we had some locals following us around and locals driving camera boats. And so after it was all said and done and we all got back to the ramp and everything was official, they were like, you know, we thought for sure when you went back to that first stretch that that you were done. Because, you know, they knew what what was going on. Right. Um, You know, the bass staff and everybody made sure that no one told us what was going on. So we had no clue. Um, you know, I had absolutely no clue that it was going to end up being four ounces and that that one caught with 15 minutes left was going to be the fish that won it. So that was really, really cool. And especially now getting to look back on it and see the video of it and all that, you know, that's, that's awesome.
2: That is awesome, man. You beat a Virginia angler too from Charlottesville, Virginia, which is approximately one hour up the road from me. <laughs> yeah. Nolan, uh, Nolan Miner from Seaville. Surprising efficient fishing on the University of Virginia team instead of the West Virginia team, but it's all good, man. Well, congratulations on your win. Um, Thank you, sir. You took home a Toyota Tundra, a bass boat, and what, $7,500 from Carhartt? dollars $5, from Carhartt. That is yeah, awesome.
5: And a Nitro Z20 wrapped up with our school colors and you know some of some of the sponsors for the year and everything. And I'll get to get to use it next year in the classic and while I fish the Bassmaster Opens and hopefully while I fish some of the college tournaments as well um, if the schedule allows. So that's awesome.
2: So looking so looking back on the event now, you know it. I know we spoke earlier. I know it's that's it's huge i mean i want a new tundra good gosh <clears throat> but um <laughs> taken away from the event what what's something that you learned from this event man she that that'll you know take away for a long long time that you could share with others
5: um you know really as far as on the fishing standpoint is you know trust your gut um you know, throughout the week, that's what I did. I, I I easily could have went and tried to force something that I knew wasn't happening, but I knew I was around the right fish, and I said it several times on live that you know I'm just going to keep my head down and keep grinding, and uh, you know, that's what I did, and it ended up working out. And then the other thing is just, you know, for me, um, is trusting the Lord. You know, throughout the week, several times on live, you know, I put, I put my faith out there and and said that you know it, it's up to Him, and if it's meant to be, it'll 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 happen. And, that's true. You know, that that last flurry was, was truly awesome and truly blessed. I mean, I, I can't say anything else about it. it was, I knew when it was going on that there was a reason I was catching those fish and getting right. the bites. And so I, I knew I was trying so hard to get him in the boat because I, I just knew that, you know, he, he had made a flurry and I was behind and I needed those fish to win. So. That's awesome.
2: Again, congratulations on your win. Thank you for coming on and talking to us. You know, um... We always give everybody an opportunity right here at the end to thank their uh, sponsors, um, give a shout out to them, and then uh, without them, you know, it's not possible, really.
5: Yeah, um, you know, we our school program is you know backs us. We're on scholarship to Camelsville to fish, and uh, you know the school does so much for us. Our coach, Pete Hedgefeth, um, as well as some of our sponsors, you know, our local sponsors in Camelsville and Taylor County um then for me of course uh renegade marine the the big bright yellow wrapped renegade boat that you see is actually not my boat um you know after 10 killer i went down to renegade and uh sherbert band meter the owner said you know i want to do something for you i'm going to put you in this this is a Rangers z521c oh and uh you know he, he got it wrapped for me and everything and so that was that was really awesome and uh let me use it for the use it for this tournament and then uh Playing Big Fish Tackle, they uh, they helped us a lot. They gave me and uh, my partner, Bradley Donegan, both a uh, a little bit of spending money to have before we went out there to Kansas. That's awesome. You know, just to just help us offset the costs and baits and stuff. And then, and finally, you know, Dwayne Wilson with Dixie Custom Rods. Uh, that's kind of, he's done a lot for both of us this year, rod-wise. You know, it's, it's awesome to have somebody that can build rods to your specs and what you are wanting. You know, I, the the rod I was using for that Wacky Rig was actually a 7.4 medium heavy, which is a lot more rod than most people would throw a, a Wacky Rig on. But That's it's, true. Uh, it's a moderate action. So, um, you know, you could tell that it was loading up really far down the rod, so it's a moderate action. And for me, I've used it, you know, for the majority of this year for a Wacky Rig and a an Nico Rig, and it is an absolutely awesome rod for it. And especially for, you know, those smallmouths, I just felt like I had a lot more control over the fish than I would have, you know, with the traditional, like, 7-foot medium. So, you know, that's that's the people that have helped me get here. So, uh, I want to always thank them and, of course, my parents and
2: all my family for being there. Cool. That wacky rig, you never told us what it was, man. Who made your wacky?
5: Um, I was throwing a 4-inch dream pumpkin Yamamoto Senko. Okay. Um you know, as far as shallow smallmouth goes, that is, you know, candy for a smallmouth in less than six, eight, you know, eight to ten foot of water. Um, I was throwing it on the VMC Nico hook. You know, it's in my opinion, um, you know, with a wacky rig, that Nico hook is is really really hard to beat. You know, I obviously I have no affiliation to VMC whatsoever, but it is the best hook on the market in my opinion for a wacky rig. And uh, you know, that's that was that was my setup. I was throwing it on ten pound uh Power Pro Braid mainline with an eight pound C Gar Brace X fluorocarbon leader. So Alright, well if,
2: if people want to follow you, where can you be found, brother?
5: Uh you can find me on Facebook at uh, Nick Ratliff um and then on Instagram at Nick Ratliff with four Fs at the end, no space or anything. Okay. Well, brother,
2: man, we, we appreciate you coming on talking to us. Congratulations on your win. I will see you at the 2019 Bassmaster Classic. Our room's already booked. We are ready to go and uh, look forward to seeing you and look forward to meeting you. Thank you, sir. Thank
0: you. Points. Cash. Gear. Sports. With a Dick scorecard. You earn points on all your purchases and get 3% back in rewards and access to exclusive deals and events. It's simple. Points lead to cash to buy gear so you can play more sports. Get your Dick's scorecard and start earning reward certificates today. Every season starts at Dick's. All right, guys. We have no
2: stranger to BassCast Radio. Just getting back from the 2018 Forestwood Cup. Or I hate to say it, he finished ninth place, Mister Brandon Cobb. What's going on, Brandon? Oh,
6: not much, man. Just getting back and trying to recover from buzzbait arm. Good gosh. When you throw a buzzbait nine million times in three days, you get buzzbait arm.
2: Let's talk about this thing, man. Let's let's break it down. You know, there were lots of struggles, lots of low weights, lots of low numbers. Uh wow, I didn't know where I was. I thought it was a junior tournament, but they said it was tough, and I agree. I mean, everybody else said it was tough, tough, tough. So let's talk about this practice. How did that go? Let's start about that.
6: Yeah, Lake Washita It's it's actually not a it, it because the time of the year we go, it kind of looks like a dumpy lake. I mean, just a lake that doesn't have many fish, but it's right. really not. It's a it's a good lake. I mean, it's just a bad August lake. And it's uh j- just I-, I don't know if just to maybe more people have heard of Clark's Hill Lake in Georgia, South Carolina line. It's just like it. It takes thirty pounds to win in spring, and then it gets August, and you do good to catch eight to ten pounds. Wow. And that's basically watusiized the exact same way. And it's uh, I think a lot of those fish out there. What they do is they just go out. There's a lot of standing timber out in anywhere from 100 to 60 foot of water and that stuff rises up to you know within 20 foot of the top right a lot of those fish just go out there and suspend and really no way to catch them i mean they'll come up schooling every now and then if you're fortunate and hit them when they're schooling yeah you can catch them but really no way to target them i mean it's it it would be like needle in a haystack doesn't even describe it how hard it'd be to find them out there so that kind of leaves you with the few fish that stay on the bank or the brush pile fish, like a lot of guys did. And I pretty much, when I went into that tournament practicing wise, I pretty much decided that I was going to fish shallow. I I knew there was a chance, a good chance it could be one deep and it was one deep, but in the previous time I was there, the deep bite just wasn't that good. The the offshore schooling bite was pretty good, but it was luck and you could just bear down shallow. And I could have won the tournament last time shallow. So I've kind of, went into it with four days of practice and said I'm just going to try to find what I think is the best part of the lake or the best even if it wasn't a part of the lake Just am I wanting to run large pockets, short pockets, deep cuts or flat cuts, you know, just trying to find something that I knew nothing was going to be good but something that could increase my chances of right. getting a bike and after four days of practice unfortunately I didn't ever really figure out anything that was that much better i thought i'd figured the better part of the lake out but it also turned out to be one of the worst both boat traffic sections of the lake and i actually never caught a fish in that arm wow so it was uh my practice and that's why i ended up mostly fishing new water because of that that's one thing when you're doing that shallow like kind of wolf pack type fish uh-huh. where fish are up there eating brim and cruising and it's real shallow boat traffic kills that bite and I was a little concerned about it and then I got the first day I tried to run some of my pockets in that area and there were so many ski boats uh pontoons and even the other tournament anglers just running around they got a mud line up on the banks up there and it basically killed that area so I ended up just running new water new pockets and just moving basically
2: Wow so it's pretty <clears throat> even with the big tournament going on it was pretty rough out there that's pretty sad. Yeah, it, it was.
6: But but it uh I mean the shallow bite was definitely I, I believe this year the shallow bite was much worse than the previous times we've been there. I, I know you were out there the last time we were in fifteen and in fifteen there was a lot more grass shallow. There was more grass in the lake this time, but less grass shallow actually okay. on the bank. that's why I think the shallow bite was a little more of a struggle this time was because of that, that the fish, I think a lot of the fish were out in that six to 12 foot in some of that deeper grass. And that's kind of almost as bad as that timber to find them in, you know, just dragging a worm around and can't cover enough water to find them really. And and they're not grouped up great in it. So that's why it was a little more tricky this year than the past time I'd been there.
2: What do you think took out the grass? I mean, it's been raining pretty good around here.
6: Yeah, I don't know why the grass wasn't. I I think it wasn't necessarily that there was less grass. I think just the way the lake had been drawn down. Mm -hmm. I think it worked out well last time to where the lake level was actually drawn down to the grass line.
0: Oh. So that
6: made the grass be on the bank. And this time the water was a little, there was a lot of water between the line of grass and the bank. And I believe
2: that's what changed that shallow game. Well, break down the next couple of days. You know, guys, it's a three-day tournament. Break down the next couple of days that led you to Mm -hmm. uh, the final day.
6: Okay, yeah. So um, the first day of the tournament, I had one, like, not I wouldn't call it a creek, just kind of like a big pocket that had some fish kind of running bait around and things like that, and, then, and I kind of hoped to get a limit out of it, or at least a couple of fish, you know. And I went in there, and it was, there was some fish running bait around, but actually I was only able to catch two of them. And uh, it was a struggle, really, in there, and I, I spent really too long. I spent about two, two and a half hours, because there were some fish running bait right. here and there, and it's kind of those things, you chase them over here, they'd go down, and then you'd get over there, and then they'd come back where you were. And I spent too long chasing them around. And that second day, and, and, well, that day, later on, I ended up left there with two fish and just started running pockets. I mean, run as many as I could. I'd fish a deep pocket and then a flat pocket, and I was trying to find pockets that were not affected by the boat waves was my main target that day. I was just, I was looking for pockets that kind of made a hook in them or something that where the people run up and down the main lake, their waves weren't beating up on those fish. Right. And I uh, was able to catch three more bass that day. And it, it was a grind, but I think I had five bites the first day. I caught the next three on buzz bait, caught two that morning schooling on a Yosuri pencil, just, just chasing them around is all it was. I mean, nothing, nothing special, just waiting for one to come up. And then that second day, which is one of my better, it was, it was the best day I had. I think I had about like 10 and three quarters or something that day. Uh-huh. I, uh, I went back to my creek again and I actually caught a limit out of it that day. So they were schooling around I call a limit but it was a really small limit like 7 pounds or so and uh, picked up my buzz bait and went down the lake to some of the stuff I actually fished in 15 I didn't even practice it there hardly and just went and ran some of the same pockets I was just mostly trying to get away from boat traffic just went to the lower end started running pockets and ended up getting 3 good bites on the buzz bait and one of them was a, like a 3.5 pounder which really when it's that tough you know really ups your average there yes and uh, and that that was uh, – th- those three buzzbait bites are basically what made me – what got me to that final day. And that that final day was – I expected to go into it. I, I just wanted to catch a limit because I knew, I knew realistically everybody in the top ten, as tough as it was, I didn't think there would be many limits. And I was right. I think there was like two or three limits that final day. Yes. And uh, that's what – my goal was just catch five bass that last day. And I went in my creek and didn't get any bites. And uh, then just started running with my buzzbait, and I actually had five bites that final day, and I only caught two of them. So that was uh, that, that just execution error that last day. They just weren't weren't getting the bait real good. I actually lost about a two and a half pounder twice the last day. I don't think I've ever oh, wow. done that buzzbait. I lost him. He jumped and threw it, and then ate it again, <laughs> and then I lost him again. <laughs> oh my! So, goodness. <laughs> that was uh, the last day. Just didn't go real well for me, but. I caught two of them and did what I wanted to. It was a cover water type tournament. I love those tournaments. I mean, and that's that's what I went into that last day, just knowing I needed to get five bites. And I thought I could if I burnt burnt down the bank all day and kept the boat moving. And I did that and got the five bites, just didn't put them all in the boat. Wow. And that's actually, that's something too. Fishing, fishing shallow, as fast as I was fishing, I was leaving the trolling motor on about eight uh on mencote all day just cruising down the bank and when you're fishing that fast with all the timber in the lake you're familiar with that all the timber in there oh yeah it's so hard to keep concentration on your buzz bait and not miss one because you'll be about to run to a tree and then want to blow up on it and it's, it's just it's hard to fish perfectly clean doing that
2: wow well, but, God, but he, yeah he, it was a uh, it was did, just too. one of those tournaments that was a grind he did take a, take home a little bit of money, guys, which helped pay some bills and uh you know, get him through the winter time. <laughs> What's the rest of twenty eighteen looking like for you? Not Do you have any nice more way. tournaments or are you done for the year?
6: Um, I'm done for the year. I didn't okay. fish any any uh coasters or anything to have any fall tournaments. So I'm I'm done with tournaments this year. I'll be working some tackle shows and I'm actually gonna make a trip uh to China this year. and uh the last week is the end of september Uh, yeah i'll be heading to china my my one of my main sponsors arc rods uh, i've been working with them for about two years and i'm going over 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 to china to kind of work on some new products and everything over there so a cool trip and get to see get to see some stuff i've never seen before
2: that's pretty awesome right there that's good. You're going to have to tell us all about that, see how it goes. Hey, uh, are you going to be posting any pictures on your social media account while you're in China? Yeah, that's going to be. <laughs> I definitely will. I'll
6: uh, I'll be posting pictures on it, as Facebook, as well as Instagram. And we've actually, we've got a media guy coming with Ark Rods there to kind of document some of the trips. So we'll probably have a pretty good video up
2: of a, of uh the trip over there. All right. Tell everybody your social media account so they can find you, brother.
6: All right, my uh, on Instagram you can follow me at Brandon Cobb Fishing, and Facebook is the same, Brandon Cobb Fishing. And I actually just started a YouTube page account here recently. It's not; it's got one video so far. It's just something I'm getting starting work on. I'm gonna get some videos up this fall. All right, some riverboat right. fishing things I like to do in the fall. But it's uh, also Brandon Cobb Fishing on YouTube. That's awesome.
2: So we always ask. You know, what is your takeaway from each and every event? You know, because we're always about learning something, you know, some little nugget that you can share with people. What was your takeaway from the uh, 2018 Forestwood Cup?
6: Um, This cup here is one that you always want to fish your strengths, and that's what I went in this one doing. But after the tournament – with just the few bites I had and as tough as it was, I wish I would have spent a little more time offshore to try to find some something, even if it wasn't my primary game plan. Right. I wish it, it was one where, I'm not going to say don't fish your strengths, but when it's that tough and I knew it was that tough, I should have spent at least one to two days looking for something offshore or something not not quite in my wheelhouse because i'm not there uh offshore fisherman necessarily but it, i i could have found if i could have found a place to just catch a bass or two it could have made a big
2: difference that's awesome all right looking forward man you know 2018 you know everybody was pretty hype about the schedule at the you know at the uh um, tournament uh what are your takeaways for the 2018 schedule mm-hmm. i mean 2019 schedule get God.
6: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the 2019 season. It looks like we've got a lot of kind of shallow power fishing-type lakes in it. The only thing I'm not real crazy about is it's going to be one of those tournaments or it's one of those seasons where really half of our season or more could turn into bed fishing, sight fishing, spawn-type tournaments. Yeah. And I don't my, – my, it's not my favorite type of fishing. I'm not going to say – I. I I've done well bed fishing in the past, but I, if I can avoid bed fishing, I like to do something different. And I'm afraid four or five of our tournaments may be sight fishing tournaments this year.
2: Okay. Last question, you know, it's going back. Forestwood Cup's going back to the, I guess, same lake. Was announced. Twenty nineteen. Yeah,
6: same same lake. Watch
2: A lot of, you know, a lot of mixed feelings coming out of this thing. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I heard a lot of grumbling, a lot of people being happy, a lot of people saying it is what it is. You know, I know it's a. Yeah,
6: I'm, as far as that decision, I I don't know. I'm not crazy about the decision to go back there, but it's not that I don't like the lake. That's not the problem. It's August. I mean, Lake Wachita, it's a, yeah, it's it's a pretty good lake for the cup, really. I mean a good area for staying. It's got we got a pretty large crowd that come out to the tournament. But the only thing I don't like about it is I feel like because the tour's been to Washita so many times, there's very few secrets left.
2: Yeah. That's what I was saying.
6: It's hearing. uh pretty much what it comes down to It's gonna be it's gonna be one burning down the bank, schooling fish or brush piles. And that's about I mean that's about your uh yeah your three ways to win out there. I mean every time we've been that's basically what it's been and uh it's kind of one of those things where it practices. I'm not going to say it's not helpful, but it just is kind of redundant.
2: You, I guess you could put that money. You could save that gas money and save it for the tournament.
6: Yeah, that's right. And that's one thing I don't know. I'm sure it won't change, but I would like to see going back to watch tie rather than a four day practice. Cause four days is excessive to me anyway. I would rather see, because of the type of lake it is, a two-day practice just to keep some of the pressure off the lake. Because that lake was actually, this year, it was drastically better the first day of practice than it was the tournament.
4: Uh-huh.
6: I mean, as far as those wolfpack fish that everybody was talking about, in practice, I could uh, they were not easy to catch. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you could caught 20 pounds. Right. But I could see, get up on the bank and troll down, and I would see 50, 60 fish a day. Oh, wow. And a lot of those were three to six pounders. And in the tournament, I saw, I saw three bass the entire tournament.
4: Uh, uh, uh.
6: So that just shows the pressure on the lake, how, how much it changes that, especially that shallow game.
2: Wow. Well, Brandon, brother, we appreciate you coming on. appreciate you talking to us as always. We love having you on you know brandon i guess you're kind of local really you're in south carolina they ain't that far away from us so
6: no we're we're not too
2: far brother if we can help you do anything let us know give us a shout we are here for you and um good luck the rest of this year and like i said hopefully uh, we'll be talking to you soon
6: thank you and i appreciate you having me on and anytime You know, I love to talk about fishing, so call me whenever. Yes, sir.
2: All right guys we are back with the 2018 forest wood cup winner mr Clint davis what's going on brother
7: and it's uh, it's been a long week boy it's been a wild ride uh fun ride uh just you know just overwhelmed by all the people that have reached out to me and i you know i, I couldn't be couldn't be more thankful it's just it's just an awesome deal and it's uh it's just getting started
2: yeah, that is a hundred percent true. Like they were saying at the cup, I mean it. it uh, it's a life changing event. It really is. I mean, even on a small scale, you know, any change in life is a life changing event. But this is this is pretty huge, man.
7: It's pretty wild. Where every every gas station you stop at, every every place you walk into somebody comes up to you and tells you congratulations you know a lot of them not even fishermen they're just like congrats you know i'm winning that big bath tournament and uh it's pretty cool it's great for the sport really
2: so let's rewind this whole entire thing right here for people who don't know who clint davis is man give us a little bio about yourself and um you know a little bit about your fishing career and i'll let you talk
7: sure yeah i mean i'm like most people that do this for a living, uh, I've been fishing since I could walk, I believe. Um, I started full-time on the tour in 2012, uh, winning Rookie of the Year. And uh, what is it, 2018, I finally won a cup. But uh, it's it's been a wild ride. And one thing about fishing, it's, it's up and down. And uh, you better have a lot of determination. And you better not go into doing this. For the money because the money is is not great as uh people you know everybody sees it as oh, they fish for a living they make a killing and you know i for the most part other than winning the cup this year i just make a working man's pay but I uh, couldn't be happier i mean i you know who, who gets to say they get to go catch green fish for a living
2: yeah that is a hundred percent true because there's a lot of people out there that would just if they could fish seven days a week that would be their dream So no doubt. So you know, like you were saying, ups downs. You know, you thought about quitting the tour. You know, took time off. I mean, what what do you think made everything come back together?
7: Yeah, just taking a break, man. I pushed so hard my whole like my whole life. I mean, my whole life. I fish tournaments, and then then I get to doing it for a living, and I'm constantly fishing these tournaments, going away from my family, just you know, away from home and uh it, it it came to a breaking point where I'd just taken all the fun out of it. And I uh of course I uh took uh took some time off. Yep. I took uh September, October, November, December. I took four months off last year and honestly I'm about to do it again. I'll uh I'll probably fish a little more than I did last year because I actually sold every fishing out of my own. There was maybe a couple of you know, Ziri crankbaits laying in a box down here, but I just I was done with it, and uh, you know, again this year I'll I'll step away. I won't, I want to be fired up and ready to go when next year comes. And the only way to do that for me, and a lot of these guys you talk to them, is uh, just step away. And 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 when when you start feeling that fire and and that that want to to want to go fishing, just keep holding yourself back until the tournament season begins. And that's that's what works for me. It's different for people, but for me, it's it's come to that point in my life now where I. I need to be doing stuff with my family and other other activities when I'm off the tour because it it takes everything you've got to to be competitive at this level.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of great anglers out there, and uh, like you said, you are you know Brian Thrift. I mean, good God, I mean it's some it's some good anglers on the FLW tour, and uh, you got to be mentally, physically and emotionally prepared, and, you know, things are going on around the house or things are going on outside of your control, it can be pretty rough. It can be a rough season.
7: Definitely. Yep. You got you to gotta have that desire. There's one thing you got to have is a fire and a want to go do this every day because the only way to beat these guys is to outwork them. They're all very, very, very good.
2: All right, let's dive into this thing, man. Let's talk about the uh couple of days. You had a three day practice. How did that go? Four days. Four day practice, that's right.
7: Yeah, we had, we had a this is the longest practice I've ever had. I was ready to start the tournament after day one. Uh it was hot, it was miserable. Um I actually spent four days there before the four day practice idling and looking for brush and all that good stuff. Um it actually cooled off between then and the tournament when I was out there for pre-practice. Uh, there was a couple of days where there was like a 125 to 128 heat index. And it was probably the most miserable I've ever been in the past, but trying to practice for a tournament. But, you know, that's just, uh, that's part of it. Uh, you, you know, that's, we don't, we don't get ACs or, or lunch breaks. So you just, uh, you've got to deal with it. But as far as how practice went, um, Day one, I went and checked some brush that uh, that I'd caught some in in, uh, in pre-practice, and I caught one pretty early, pretty quickly. I'm like, that's you know, that's a pretty big one. And so I kind of completely went away from that the rest of the week, and and tried to find other ways to catch them uh, out. You know, up shallow on the banks, uh, right around a couple of marinas that weren't off limits, and I got out in that timber trying to catch suspended fish, and none of that ever clicked for me. So I, you know, I only have one thing to to go back to which is the one thing that you know i felt like i had to do fish and brush was you know my strength it is i've, I've done it. i love doing it and i have a lot of confidence in it so i knew that if uh if i was going to beat those guys that's uh, that's how i would have to do it and what i had the most confidence in doing
2: all right so brush piles we know you hit them we know that's how you caught the big ones but um, how confident were you going into day one of the actual event? I mean, did you find a lot of fish in the uh-huh. locations you were going to? or
7: I, I found an area. There was an area that I found in pre-practice. In, uh, that had had good fish and they were also there in, in official practice and i knew you know this was it and when i say this there was fish everywhere but this one area for some reason seemed to produce better quality largemouth all right
2: go ahead all right so you know going into the first couple of days you know we saw saw the weights were really really low what do you think was the reason behind that?
7: Uh, those fish feed, you know, mainly at nighttime that time of the year, and um, I mean, they just they shut down during uh, during the day. I, um, you know, I, I had like a three hour window every morning where I could catch a couple of good ones, and once uh, once that was up, it was just a matter of grinding out your last few fish to fill off the limit.
2: Yeah, like you're saying it. You know, I've talked. I had an opportunity to speak to a couple other anglers, and you know, they were all saying it was really, really tough. And you know, we have the same problem here. It's it's August. Water temperature, I don't know, probably like eighty, eighty five degrees. I mean,
7: yes, it it was uh it was pushing pushing ninety there. Oh wow! So we had locked yeah, yards. It, it was yes, one hundred percent.
2: I mean, uh, I know I'm going to get off on topic here a little bit, but the tournament, they're going back there again next year. Same time, same location. I mean, are the expectations any better? I mean, I know I've heard that the lake does produce big fish, you know, during the spring, the summer. I mean, spring and the fall, like every other lake in the United States does. But why August? Why there?
7: Yeah, it's like they uh, they punish us for uh, doing well throughout the season. <laughs> is what it seems like, yeah, it'll it'll be the same next year. The weights have never been ever been good, so and, and they won't be uh, they won't be next year. It's just it's August, it's fishing Lake Wichita, and it'll be tough again.
2: All right, question then: If you had a lake, I know mm-hmm. they still want to do it in the same location. What lake would you pick? In that area,
7: oh, it would definitely be like in in that area, or yeah, in that area. Right here at my house,
2: in that area, because they uh, want to well, do it in yeah, Arkansas. We
7: could, we could, yeah, we can switch back to Lake Hamilton. You know, I actually stayed on Lake Hamilton last week uh, to travel to Lake Wachita. It's right there beside it, and I mean that would you know it's actually closer to the weigh-in. So, and nobody's fished there. I think was it George Cochran that won there back in the late nineties, maybe. Right. So yeah, I mean, we haven't been there
2: in years, and it would be a it'd be a fresh place. All right, so you know we're talking about the small bags, the four days of practice. Do you think those four days might have had a difference in the tournament? You think that might have had a difference in the weights being a little bit heavier?
7: If it was a hundred and eighty boat tournament, definitely. But with fifty of us, man, I didn't even hardly see any guys in practice. Okay, I and mean, that—that's such a big lake that there's no way that we pressured the fish.
2: Because I know a lot of guys are like four days. Good gosh, can you just give me two? Yeah, yeah,
7: definitely. Four days is too much.
2: So I just—I didn't know if you know, if with two day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, leave the lake alone. Nobody on the lake. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, boom, a crown champion. champions. So, Alright, so the first two days, everybody, not everybody, a lot of guys are pretty consistent. A few, a few five-fish limits, um, seven, eight-pound bags, a few big bags. But your final day was a kicker. What do you think changed the final day? I know the weather changed the final day. We had some rain. We had some overcast.
7: I, honestly nothing changed for me. I had those bites every day and I lost them. And you know, and I okay. was just I was so tore up after the sec, after the second day. I'd lost three fish over three pounds the second day and I, I was tore up. I was like, Man, I'm gonna miss the cup and I've just you know and I missed the final day and I've literally cost myself a chance at winning this thing. So when I squeaked in I was like, I got a chance tomorrow and, and everything that did I put in the live well. That that was the only difference between days one, two and the final days that I actually caught everything that bit.
2: Wow. Consistency, that's the key.
7: Yeah, yeah, thank goodness the weights were so terrible, I only needed one day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is I don't know I believe what they said. This is the first time anyone's come from tenth place to win it?
7: Yeah, that was the that was what they said. I mean usually tournaments are out of reach for tenth place guys by that you know, by after three days and the weights were again were so tight and so terrible that it you know it never was.
2: All right, so looking back on the event, you know, we always ask people, you know, what they learned, you know, something that they can share. And uh what was something a takeaway from the event that you learned yourself?
7: Um Takeaway that I learned, Lord, I don't really know. Other than, I guess, don't push trying to win because I've been close so many times. And when, when you least expect it, it happens. I mean, I, you know, after Cumberland this year, I was like, I'll, I'll never win one. I, that was the most perfect tournament I've ever fished for four days. I never lost a fish, and did everything to the tee. It was like every, every time I, I went to do something, I, you know, I caught something that upgraded me, and I ended up third. And, uh, you know, I guess the luck factor plays a little role in it.
2: All right. All right. So, last question. What were some of your go to baits throughout the week, man? What were we catching a fish on?
7: Yeah. Yeah. So, I call all my good ones on that uh, Mr. Twister Mag Buzzworm, that, I mean, I, I don't think you can find one in the country right now. <laughs> and uh, the Yozeri 3DB Pencil Bait. I caught a I caught a keeper on that bait uh, every single day that I weighed in. Uh that that was a good one. They'd come up schooling around me and every single day I was able to able to catch one fish one fish exactly off of it that, that helped me that I weighed in. Um one more bait, man, I caught one fish the whole week on it but it was it was the most key fish in the tournament because at the time it was four forty Saturday afternoon and I had four fish. I was due in at five and I Jumped down the bottom of the boat and tied up uh, my little weedless. It's a toad toadstool is what it is, and put a cut a little Mr. Twister pomita in half and threw it in a brush pile. And uh, I was just hoping for a 13-inch spotted bass, and I caught a two-pound largemouth, and that was exactly what I needed to get in on Sunday. Um, you know, all the fish I caught were on Yazuri top knot four carbon all week.
2: There you go, guys like you said probably you know can't find these baits anywhere right now everybody's sold out of them especially in that area
7: uh one more one more thing too uh you know i fished with phoenix rods and they've got rods all the way up to 500 dollars. and i i won that that uh tournament on their 129 and twenty-nine dollar phoenix feather uh it's been the number one selling rod in the country this year number one selling rod on tackle warehouse all year so if you got any listeners on here looking for a fishing pole? That's a bad dude to check out, you know, especially for the price. You don't, you don't have to spend five hundred dollars these days to get a good fishing rod. 130 dollars is all you need to to get a good rod these days. That's awesome.
2: So, looking at twenty nineteen, the two thousand, I mean two thousand nineteen schedule. What are your thoughts? And uh, what do you think is going to be your strong lakes? 2019,
7: or a lake uh, that you're looking forward to. Schedule. I actually, I, I like them all, on there. You know, you, you want to call out, you know, like this year, Kentucky Lake was my worst finish of the year. I think I finished 150th on a lake that I never missed the top 10 on. So you don't don't try to think you you know don't don't think you're going to do good at these and bad at those because usually the ones you think you're going to catch matter the ones that usually bite you in the tail. Right. Well, brother, man, we're, I'm really looking forward to Sam. To yeah, which one? Really looking forward to Sam Rayburn. Sam Rayburn in January. Um, and there's a lot of 40-pound baggies that get weighed in there that time of the year. So it'll probably be the highest weight tournament of the year. Awesome. Well, Clint,
2: thank you for coming on. Appreciate you sitting down talking to us. I know you're a very, very busy man. Your social media accounts, man. How can people how can people follow you?
7: Yeah, um, man. I need to uh, figure all these handles out. If you'll just search me, it's Clint Davis is C L E N T. You'll find me on there. Okay. I'm on Instagram. Most mostly post on Instagram, and uh, of course, I still use Facebook, but mainly Instagram. That's where I'm at. I also have a YouTube channel that I've just tinkered with a little bit. It's nothing that i I really work on a lot, but I've got one that's got a decent amount of content on it.
2: Awesome. Last but not least, any sponsors you'd like to thank out there?
7: Yeah, all of them. Again, we just talked about them. Uh, Yosiery, yep. Nichols, Mr. Fister, uh, Costa Del Mar Sunglasses, p P&H Marine, uh, Phoenix Rods, definitely. Phoenix Boats, if you're looking for a boat, just go drop their boats. No, you don't. Nobody has to sell you on that boat. Just go out on a day when it's it's a little choppy, and uh, it'll probably sell itself to you. And uh, Evan Reed Outboards, uh, something you know, they were asking me for a quote after I won the other day. And I'm thinking, in seven years now, and I've yet to yet to miss a weigh-in on a day of competition. Now uh, that that that's saying something. There, I've yet to have a break breakdown on the lake during competition. Uh, that that's everybody though and uh thank you for having me on.
2: Yes, sir, brother. is great. Um great to get to meet you at the classic I mean at the cup and um we look forward to uh great things in twenty nineteen and enjoy your time off with your family and if we can never do anything for you just reach out.
7: Thank you very much. If you need anything from me, let me know. Yes Have sir a weekend.
2: All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Man, we want to thank all of our awesome, awesome guests. You know, blessed to get these guests, to be honest. You know, big names. I mean, like I said, Brandon Cobb. I mean, he's an amazing young man. Um, Clint Davis. Yeah. Like I said, the Forestwood Cup champion. And uh, Nick Ratcliffe. And what he's going to do at the uh, Bassmaster Classic and you know his college career and where it's gonna take him from there. So thank you to everybody that came on tonight. Oh definitely thank you. Um you know you guys always hear Marie and Bruce say we couldn't do it without our sponsors. You know, I want to thank Lynchburg Arms and Indoor Shooting Range right here in Central Virginia, right off of uh, 460. You know, you guys share my, if you're following me on Instagram, the Bass Cash itself on Instagram, you see the post that we do and the stories and some of the great stuff he has there. Conrad Brothers Marine, looking to buy your very first nitro boat or a used nitro boat? Give Conrad Brothers Marine a call And, you know, I know they're going to want to say this. Thank you to everyone that fished the Bass Quest Tournament Trail in 2018. Um, They have not put together a schedule for 2019. Things are still up in the air regarding that. I know they're going to do a couple special events. But as of right now, there is no Conrad Brothers Bass Quest Tournament Trail for 2019. BassboatforSale.com looking to buy a boat or sell a boat, do it all right on Bassboat, the number four sale.com. Stanton River Outdoors looking to rent a kayak, a canoe. They got guns, they got ammo. If they ain't got it, they can get it for you. Awesome little store in a small little town. They got it all there though. They looking to expand. I hope in the next year, and it's gonna be pretty freaking cool. So. Dick's Sporting Goods, they are our sponsor of our Lunker Challenge for the BassCast Tournament Trail. Hookfish Performance, you guys seen the jerseys? If you're not playing our giveaways, you're losing money because we've been giving away a jersey each and every month. Tell them, Bruce. Oh, yeah, man. You You be at home sleeping in them things. That's right, Bruce. Ain't no lie, you can sleep in them. They're that freaking comfortable. Franklin Outdoors franklin county virginia as well as at smith mountain lake they can be reached at 540-483-5608 franklinoutdoors.online so check them out thank you to them sponsoring the bass cast in 2018 and again guys we're looking for sponsors for 2019 love to sponsor us we'd love to sit down and talk to you so Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone, and I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. And uh, we look forward to being back in two weeks.
1: Yeah, and definitely thank all the the listeners, because, you know, without y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. There you go. Yeah. And remember, do yourself a favor, take a kid fishing.
2: That's right. Make a memory to last a lifetime. That's right. And don't forget to wear your life jackets. I don't care. Don't go stingy on a life jacket. You guys heard me say this many, many times. Do not buy a $20 life jacket. Do you think your life is worth more than 20 bucks? If you can buy that bass boat, if you can buy that canoe, that kayak, drop a little money and buy something nice.
1: I mean, yeah, you can get them for like $30, $40, and they're real nice. Yep. So... I mean, that. And don't buy that orange one.
2: No, I mean they're nice to have in the boat. They, 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 they pass the test, but just like Bruce said, man, the orange one is nobody a, wants to wear They No, the, or, I have an orange one here. The orange one is an emergency life jacket. That is it. My green life jacket. It was a hundred dollars. I'll be honest, but I it feels like I'm wearing a jacket. It doesn't feel like a life jacket. It stays in my truck twenty four seven until winter time when I don't fish anymore. So, anytime I want to go out with a friend, go out on a boat, or do some recording, I have a life jacket. So, please, like Bruce said, spend $40 to 100 bucks. I mean, if you got the money to buy a $60,000 bass boat, I think you got the money to buy a life jacket. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, we we'll hope you and you guys... I mean, don't depend on somebody else to have one. That's right. All right, guys, hope you Good enjoy... Goodbye, Brian. Don't depend on somebody else. That's right. That's true, true. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. We'll see you guys in two weeks. If you'd like to be on the show, please DM us through social media. We would love to have you on the show. So have a great night, everybody.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: You've been listening to BassCast Radio, the best in local and national bass fishing. For more episodes, go to Spreaker.com slash Radio. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Basscast Radio and follow us on Twitter at Basscast News.
3: Take a look around me, taking pages from Since we were 17 You know the truth Can be a weapon To fight this world Of ill intentions A new answer To the same question How many times Will you learn The same lesson I think they got it
4: all wrong We just gotta hold on And on and on and on Cause we're gonna be
3: Be
4: Legend yeah, gonna be legend. Gonna teach more our carry.
7: When I need to send cash fast, the Western Union app is my go-to. And now you can send up to 500 dollars for a $5 fee worldwide. All you have to do is download the app, choose the pay-in-cash option, then come in and pay at a participating Western Union Agent location. Download the Western Union app today.